Cash flow is overrated. Let me tell you why on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Welcome back to the show. Once again, Andrew LaFleur here. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for tuning into the show as always. And on today's episode, I want to talk about cash flow. And specifically, I want to address this report that has been sent to me by so many people over the past few weeks asking me, hey, Andrew, what do you think about this? And I apologize, I've been very busy in the spring market with a lot of things going on, so I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and record this podcast um, to talk about this specific report. So report is from Urban Nation and CIBC. They did this together. I'll include a link to it in the show notes. But the big headline the media picked up on from this report is this idea that um, a huge chunk of investors... Uh, according to this report, 44% of investors with a mortgage that took possession in 2017 are in a negative cash flow position where the rental income is less than the expenses, essentially. So 44%. Uh, so the media is jumping on that. And of course, the real estate bears are jumping on that. And oh, here we go. You know, this this just proves that condos are a horrible investment. See, I told you, told you, you should have never bought that condo. Cash flow negative, bad idea. Whole thing's going to come crashing down. All these investors are losing money every month. They're going to flood the market. Everybody's going to sell, and the whole condo market and the real estate market's going to crash, and uh, presumably this will make the um, real estate bears and those people who uh, make a living off of commenting on Twitter very excited and very happy. Um, but uh, what do I think about this? Is this true? Is this a reality? I wanted to... Uh, touch on this in today's episode. So, um, well, first of all, the, the the headline, of course, doesn't say that the fifty five percent of people are cash flow positive. the The majority of investors are cash flow positive according to their uh, methodology and, and calculations. So, that wouldn't be a very exciting headline, would it? The majority of condo investors taking possession are cash flow positive. Hmm. Not very exciting, wouldn't get people clicking on something like that. Majority of investors are making money, are making, uh, you know, majority of investors are being rewarded for their decisions by making good money every single month. Not very exciting. Reality is the majority of people are making money, um, even if you look at it just, you know, from uh, the way that Urban Nation did, which is you know, they didn't go and survey every single condominium purchased all, you know, enclosed in 2017, all 20,000 of them or whatever, the thousands and thousands of condos. They didn't go and analyze every single condo, break it down and say, who's making money and who isn't? What mortgage rate is he paying? What maintenance fee is he paying? What uh, property tax rate is? They didn't plug every single thing into a spreadsheet and come up with this answer. No, of course not. That would be impossible to do. So they did their best by making a number of assumptions and essentially boiling the statistics down to averages, average price paid, average price uh, that's worth now, average rental amount you know, received. Um, everything is averagized, if you want to put it that way. Um, and so obviously when you average things out, it's not an exact science at all. It doesn't, uh, you know, it's it's one way of sort of looking at it and getting an approximation of what might be happening out there, but it's certainly not 
indicative of exactly the, the true reality of what is happening on an individual basis with individual condo units out there because everybody is paying different mortgage rates and everybody's paying different property taxes and everybody's collecting different rents um, and so on and so forth. Uh, there's, there's many things that go into it and, and it's not to be in. So th this data is, while it's very interesting and it's, you know, I would say generally overall, it's fairly accurate. It's not to be taken as gospel. It's not to be taken as, um, you know, the, the be all and end all of, you know, this, this is a hundred percent reality for every, uh, situation and every condo investor. Of course not. And I'm not saying that Urban Nation would, would claim that it is, but I'm just pointing that out to everyone that we need to understand of when we're looking at stats and you're looking at headlines like this that are breaking down numbers, how, what's the methodology? How did they collect this data? What um, techniques did they use and, and uh, how accurate is it? Always got to question that when you're looking at the media that's out there. So what do I have to say about this? Uh, you know, if there's a huge amount of investors, call it 44%, call it whatever number you want, you know, it's bigger than a small number. You know, ideally in a perfect world, we'd love for the headlines to say 100% of real estate investors are cash flow positive or everybody's making money. But let's face it, if everybody's making money, if it was, right, if it was that easy to make this kind of money, uh, then everyone would do it. But we know that everyone doesn't do it. And if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that as real estate investors, we are uh, sort of aliens in a foreign land. We are the different ones. We are zigging when everyone else is zagging. We are a very small percentage of the overall population. We are freaks to some people. Uh, as I said, many people on on Twitter and other places, the real estate bears, those who are just uh, salivating and hoping and waiting and, and uh, religiously pursuing the end of the real estate market and some kind of a major collapse, uh, you know, those people um, look at real estate investors with disdain and, and uh, it's just a reality of, of being a real estate investor. You are different. You are going against the flow. Um, and, uh, and it's not easy to make money doing this. You have to know what you're doing. So, um, first of all, the, let's talk about the premise. Real, you know, condos are negative cash flow. A large number of condos are negative cash flow. First of all, I just say to that, yes, it's possible. So what? So what? Uh, I would say nothing has changed. The reality is most condominium, if you want to go, by this, then you could probably make an argument that most condos in Toronto have been cash flow negative forever. This is nothing new. You could extend it out and you could say most uh, residential properties, be it houses or condos, are cash flow negative and have been cash flow negative forever um, or for a, certainly for a very long time. You could, you could even, I mean, just look at, like, go out and try to buy any property in the GTA, in Toronto in particular, in the city of Toronto in particular, and, and show me something that's positive cash flow. It's extremely hard to find anything with positive cash flow. And of course, just to clarify, when we're talking about positive cash flow, we're using the basic assumption of 20% down. So looking at, at cash flow based on a 20% down, uh, down payment. 
Look at triplexes, even quadplexes. You you're, you're, you go in Toronto, you buy like a quadplex, four units. Maybe it's a 60, 70-year-old building. It's very old. Uh, so the price is relatively low compared to something that would be new. Even places like that are not cash flow positive. You can't get a yield. You can't get cap rate anywhere in the city. This has always been true. This is This is normal. This has been normal. This has been the story of Toronto real estate for a very long time. Toronto is a very expensive city to buy real estate in right now. And it has been that way for a number of years. It's gotten relatively more expensive, but it's always been expensive. Cap rates uh, just suck in, in Toronto. It's always been that way for the longest time. If you're looking for cap rates, you're looking in the wrong city. If you're looking for positive cash flow, if that's the main thing you're looking for, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Anybody knows anything about real estate investing. Toronto is not where you want to buy. If cash flow is your holy grail, uh, guess what? Take Get in the car, drive four hours down to Detroit, and you can get insane cash flow all day long. You can buy properties for 75000 and rent them out for, uh, you know, 1200 bucks a month. Go for it. It's all yours. Cash flow is there. If you're looking for cash flow, uh, there are so many markets out there. Basically, drive, you know, basically from what I can tell, rule of thumb is two hours away from Toronto. If you want to stick in Ontario, Windsor's, your Sudbury's, your Kingston's, your London, Ontario's, you know, these kind of places, if you're two hours or more, maybe even like a Peterborough, if you're two hours or more from Toronto, then you're going to get uh, into cash flowing sort of properties. If that's the kind of real estate investing you want to do, if those are the kind of tenants that you want to have as your customers, then by all means, um, those opportunities are there and they will always be there. And the further you go away from Toronto or from any major city that has a booming economy, the further you go away from those places, the better your cash flow is going to be. The closer you get into the core of these financial centers, Toronto, New York, Hong Kong, London, the more desirable these places are, the more wealth that is uh, generated from these places, the worse the cash flow is going to be. That is a real estate fact. It's a, <laughs> it's a truism. You can test me out, look across the globe, look at any city. Good luck finding cash flow anywhere. In fact, I mean, that's until recently, like with the recent run-up in prices making cash flow situation even worse in Toronto. I mean, Toronto has been sort of an anomaly because relative to other major cities around the world, the cash flow has been better, has been pretty good. It's like a major city. So you get a lot of appreciation on price, but you also have a good opportunity to get some cash flow as well. And that's actually made Toronto extremely unique. Um, and that's, you know, that's a place that Toronto was, but reality is Toronto has taken the next leap and we are in the next stratosphere of cities. Um, a lot of people have said this, not just me, Brad Lamb, Richard Florida, and many others have talked about how Toronto is in now the next level of a city. It's in that sort of superstar city status. So if you're looking for those days of uh, cash flow all day long on anything, you can just go out and buy cash flowing properties anywhere in, in Toronto, especially in the core of Toronto. Reality check, those days are gone. Those days are not coming back. Uh, you're looking in the wrong place if that's what you're looking for. If you're just going out there and assuming because you went to some real estate seminar uh, or you read some real estate book that 
you're going to go out there and buy a property with 20% down and it's going to give you $200,000, $500,000 a month cash flow. Guess what? That does not apply to a city like Toronto. It never has. It never will. If, you're, if that's what you're looking for, you, again, get out of a major city like Toronto, drive two hours away from it, and buy the properties in those areas. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with doing that. If that's the type of investing you want to do, then, then go out there and do it. For a number of reasons, uh, that's not, I'm not interested in investing in that, those kind of properties myself. And most of my clients obviously are not either. So that's, it's a non-starter. We're not, um, we're not going to go there. Um, so, I mean, what do, what do I know for sure when it comes to this stuff? Well, in terms comes to cash flow, I know for sure that a hundred percent of my units personally in my own portfolio are cash flow positive. They're extremely cash flow positive. It's not even close. I also know that probably I would estimate 90 to 95% of my clients' properties that people have purchased with me over the last 10 years, their properties are cash flow positive as well. With, uh, with almost, you know, down to a T with, with very few exceptions, all of my clients' properties are cash flow positive as well, my co- clients' condos. So how can this be? How can all of my units be cash flow positive and how can 90 5% of my clients' units be cash flow positive when reports like this are coming out saying huge chunks, uh, almost 50% of, of the market is cash flow negative. Well, we talked about the methodology in that, but beyond that, um, why are so many condos apparently cash flow negative? And why has this really always been the case? Well, there's a few reasons for that. Number one is people, for the most part, people don't know what they're doing. And people are buying condos with people. Most people are not listening to this podcast. Most people out there, as much as I hate to admit it, most people out there are not my clients and are not listening to my advice. If you're listening to me and if you're following what I'm doing, most likely you're going to be extremely successful and you're going to be way ahead of the curve. It's the same as anything. Um, a very small percentage of the people make the majority of the profits. The, the Most of the people out there are not making anything or in this case, if you want to look at it this way, they're losing money every month. So majority of people don't know what they're doing. They're getting bad advice. They're buying the wrong condos. They're paying the wrong price. They're buying at the wrong time. They're buying in the wrong buildings. They're buying the wrong units. It goes on and on and on. They're doing the wrong thing. So most people are we talk, are buying retail. We talk about, and I've done podcasts on the, you know, the unfair advantage. And one of the reasons why it's such gr- so great to be a condominium investor is if you are connected to somebody like me, you have an unfair advantage. You can get units below retail. You can pay sort of a wholesale price for a condo. You can pay less for your condo than everybody else is paying. If you're getting into new developments at the right time, if you're connected to the right builders through somebody like me, then you are ahead of the curve. You're buying um, at a lower price than everyone else and your cash flow positions, therefore, is, is going to be better. If you're paying twenty, fifty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 less than the other guy and you're both getting the same rent three, four years down the road when the building is built, guess what? You're going to be positive cash flow and the other guy right next to you who paid 70000 more is not, right? So majority of people are not doing that. Majority of people are not, um, do not understand how the game is played and do not have that unfair advantage that you have if you're working with me, if you're listening to this podcast right now. So people are just paying too much um, and people are buying the wrong units. And 
like I said, this this has just always been the case and it always will be the case. Um, a very small percentage of people will take the majority of the pie, so to speak. But at the end of the day, as I, as I titled this podcast, why cash flow is, over, cash flow is, is overrated, um, who really cares? If your cash flow negative, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, if, if you're in that position, that's you, then, uh, you know, who cares? And the reason why, you know, it's really not that big of a deal and why cash flow is overrated. Um, like, look at this report itself. I mean, the, the, the numbers, again, that doesn't talk about in the headlines in the media and how they reported on this. All they focus on is, you know, big percentage of the units are cash flow negatives, what everybody latched onto and what everybody wants to talk about. But nobody really seems to want to talk about the fact that yeah, you know, using the same methodology and looking at the report, these condos that are quote unquote cash flow negative, they have appreciated 50%, 51% in price since they were purchased a few years before. So if you put down 20% and it's appreciated 50% in value, then you're up 250% on your investment. Your investment is up 250% before, you know, by the time you take possession of it. And because the market has appreciated so much. So that's like, in most cases, 100 to $200,000 of appreciation. Your net worth has gone up 100 to $200,000 in appreciation. People who bought, you know, units for 200000 they're now worth three fifty. People who bought for 500000 they're now worth uh, 800000 you know. So let's just think about the numbers here. People get all worked up and a lot of people talk to me, you know, uh, they're, they don't. They decide not to buy condos based on the cash flow of these condos. Let's say if you're, you know, they're they're looking for these condos that are that are reaching whatever a certain number of of a certain cash flow per month. Uh, let's say you find an amazing condo that's absolutely killing it from a cash flow perspective, uh, and you can find one that's paying you two hundred dollars a month positive cash flow. Most people would say that's a fantastic position to be in for a single condo to be clearing $200 a month after expenses with 20% down. $200 a month sounds like a good number. Great. Um, But let's say, let's compare the cash flow value to the appreciation value. So this condo that you bought, let's say it went up $100,000 from the time you bought it to the time you took possession, $100,000. Well, $200 a month in cash flow, how long would it take you to get to $100,000 in your pocket? Well, do the math, $200 a month. It'd take you about 41, 42 years to reach $100,000. 40 years of renting out a unit to get $100,000 that you made in just, you know, three or four years of doing nothing. Uh, it's, it's so hopefully you start to get a sense of what I'm talking about here. Even if like, let's say you found the unicorn of all unicorn condos and you found one that was cash flow positive $500 a month. That's about $6,000 a year of positive cash flow. Sounds great. You know, most people would love to get a raise in their job or whatever of $6,000 a year. Definitely take that as some nice income for you. Um, Hey, money is money. That's great. But Let's, you know, the average con, let's say an average condo of $400,000, say, what does $6,000 a year represent in appreciation? That's 1.5% appreciation. Uh, 
What are the chances of your condo appreciating 1.5% or more in the next year? I would say they're pretty high. Again, the, you look at what's the average appreciation rate in Toronto real estate over the last 50 years in any given year, the average is about five or 6%. So the chances are all things being equal, whatever property you own, whatever condo you own, whatever house you own, anywhere in the GTA, if you just throw a dart at the wall and buy something and you wait 10 years, chances are over those 10 years, the average appreciation is going to be about five to 6% a year which absolutely dwarfs any kind of cash flow that you're making. So even if, like I said, you find the unicorn of unicorns of a property and it's paying you $500 a month positive cash flow, which would be insane, that's only like one point, that's equal to like 1.5% appreciation, which is, you know, not even a third, not even like a quarter of the average appreciation you're probably going to get. So you make your money in real estate from equity. You make your money in real estate from appreciation. Nobody, it's an, it's, nobody really likes to talk about this. People like to look down on this sort of thinking as uh, you know, too aggressive, un-Canadian, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you're not looking at, the, uh, you know, you're not being conservative enough with this cash flow. You're just counting on appreciation. But the reality is that is where the money is made. Money is made from equity accumulation over time and most of that equity accumulation some of it comes from your mortgage pay down as your tenant is paying your mortgage down every single month but the reality is historically speaking most of that appreciation and most of that most of that uh, growth is from appreciation price appreciation and that happens over time the longer that you're in the market the luckier that you're going to get is something i also like to say all the time so you're going to get an average of, you know, five, six percent uh, per year if you're in the market for a long period of time. And the market's going to reward you. If you're a long term investor, if you're a long term thinker, if you're not thinking short term, you're always going to win. If you're worried about this year, next year, two years from now, if that's your mindset, you've already lost. You need to have a long term approach when it comes to real estate. Set it and forget it. Don't worry about the the month to month, don't worry about a hundred bucks here, 200 bucks there. Worry about the hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars of equity that you're going to get when you buy a good property, rent it out, close your eyes, and look at it three, five, seven, ten years later. And you see how much your mortgage has been paid down and how much that property has appreciated. That is where the money is made. That is where the fortunes are made. It's being in in the market for long periods of time. Buy and hold is how you make money. Flipping properties, buying and selling, um, you know, uh, assigning units, grabbing stuff here and then getting rid of it in the next week to make a couple bucks. You're not going to do, you know, you can do that and people do that. But if you want to grow your wealth and truly uh, build something huge, it's about buying and holding. Very simple very boring. Um, and it's the tried and true philosophy. That's my philosophy. And that's, that's what I encourage all my clients to do uh, and to approach it as that. So should you care about cash flow? 
Does cash flow not matter at all? Is that what I'm saying? No, I'm not saying cash flow doesn't matter at all. Yes, of course you you want to find properties that are cash flow positive. You can, of course, you don't want to be buying properties that are bleeding hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month or thousands of dollars a month. That's a drag on your um, you know your personal balance sheet every single month. You you know you want to avoid that if you can. But uh, who should you know? You got to look at the bigger pictures. Is is the main thing. You got to understand where your wealth is coming from. It's not coming from hundred bucks or here or there or two hundred bucks here or there. Um, your wealth is coming from being in the market for long periods of time, equity pay down and appreciation. But you should care about cash flow if you are the if you're the type of investor type of person financially speaking. If you're living paycheck to paycheck and if you're spending every dollar that you have whether you're making $50,000 a year or $500,000 a year, if you're spending all of your money every single month and you, and, and to, for you to have a negative of a hundred or 200 bucks a month, if that's going to break your back, then yeah, you better be very careful about cash flow, and you better be very careful about buying properties that aren't um, going to do that because they may break your back. And if they do, if you're, if your back is broken uh, by that minus hundred dollars a month or $200 a month, then you might be forced to sell that property. And again, you don't want to ever be forced to sell a property. If, you're, if your property is cash flow negative and if you're living paycheck to paycheck um, and dollar to dollar, then a slight uh, negative on your monthly could force you to have to dump one of your assets. And if you, if you start dumping assets and if you have to sell it the, you know, when the market is down or something, that's when you, um, you know, feel the most pain that's when you're going to hurt the most. Uh, so if you're stretched really thin, if you have just tons of properties and not a lot of equity in all of them, if it's very difficult for you to get another mortgage, then yeah, you got to start looking more carefully at cash flow. But if you're in, the, if you're not living paycheck to paycheck, if a hundred bucks here or there negative uh, on your monthly is not going to impact your lifestyle or your financial outlook or your ability to get another mortgage, then you're fine. You'll be fine. You don't need to focus and worry about cash flow um, on your properties. Of course, if you can get cash flow, go out there and get it. Of course, the reality is rental rates are increasing significantly. And, you know, you're buying something today that on paper is negative cash flow in four or five years from now, there's a very good chance it's going to be break even or positive cash flow because of the way and the direction that rental rates are going. But, um, yeah, you don't, don't, uh, if you're, if you're, you know, again, one of the key messages here I want to give to you is if you're sitting there waiting for that positive cash flow property to appear and fall into your lap, that, that condo that you're going to buy, you got news for you. You're never going to buy in Toronto again. Like if, if cash flow with 20% down, uh, is your goal, those days are, you know, they're not 100% totally gone in Toronto, but they're like 98% gone. There's virtually no properties out there anymore that you're going to be able to buy with uh, with 20% down and getting positive cash flow. It's just a reality. So where do I see this going? Where do I see the future of real estate investing in Toronto? What's going to happen to cash flow in Toronto, you might be asking? Well, I see it hap- I see cash flow, as I said, it's almost gone. It's going to, ha- it's going to be less and less over time we are becoming more like other superstar cities around the world new york city london hong kong all these cities we are trending in that direction 
And if you go to any of those cities and you meet it with a real estate agent and you tell them, I want to buy a cash flow positive property in the core of your city with 20% down, what have you got? They will laugh you out of the office and they'll tell you that you need to hop in a time machine to go back to the 1970s because that was the last time that you know a lot of these places saw positive cash flow in the core of their cities. It's just not happening. Even you don't need to go that far. Just look at Vancouver. Vancouver is a little bit ahead of the curve of Toronto um, in terms of pricing, in terms of rents, in terms of superstar city sort of status. And just talk to any real estate agent in Vancouver and and uh, I, you know, I've talked to them all the time. They look at uh, they look at Toronto numbers, and they're amazed at actually how good the cash flow situation is in Toronto. It's way better than it is Vancouver. Um, you're going to have way better cash flow in Toronto for the most part than you are going to in Vancouver. So we are moving. We are Toronto is on a path. We are not going to get off this path. We are on a train. The train is heading to superstar status. So uh, the days of cash flow are. Um, for the most part, unfortunately gone. Now, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, any property you buy is going to be, um, you know, has to, has to, you have to say, oh, anything I'm going to buy, it's going to be bleeding 500 bucks a month. No. I mean, if it's, if it's a hundred bucks a month, if it's 200 bucks a month negative, again, my point is in the, in the big picture of investing in real estate in this city, it is a drop in the bucket if you're losing, you know, 2000 bucks a year, but your property is on average appreciating, you know, by 30, 40, 50, $100,000 a year, who cares about the 2000, the 3000, right? You need to focus on the big picture and you need to also understand that rental rates are going to increase over time. It might be negative for, let's say it's negative for two or three years at, you know, 100, 200 bucks a month, 300 bucks a month, whatever it is. Well, by year three, rental rates have increased another 15%. Uh, your, your, your amortization curve on your mortgage is different. You're, you're paying, you start paying more principal than interest and, and, and so on and so forth. Your cash flow situation uh, will improve. You might be, you know, might be negative for a couple of years and a couple thousand bucks here and there. But by year three, year four, year five, your cash flow positive. And in the meantime, you've enjoyed plenty of mortgage pay down and plenty of appreciation as well. So once again, the, the message is that long-term investors, long-term thinkers will be rewarded. Long-term investors are the ones who will always win in the end. Those people who have been in the market the longest will reap the most rewards. Uh, those people who are the most patient, who are able to see past the, for, past the trees to see the whole forest are going to benefit the most. So in summary, um, yes, a lot of properties, a lot of condos in Toronto are cash flow negative. Almost every single one of my clients' properties are cash flow positive. Moving forward, finding cash flow positive properties will become harder and harder and harder in Toronto. But it doesn't really matter. Cash flow is overrated. And the majority of your wealth as an investor in real estate is not going to come from cash flow. It never has. It never will. It will come from appreciation and equity pay down on your property. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was uh, a long one. It was fairly in depth. And I hope you got some value from it. Thank you for listening to it. 
And as always, until next time, have a great week and happy investing. Thanks for listening to the True Condos podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.